This is the Sound the Foghorn Podcast. Cut off by Mata, throws it out front, Dumba scores! Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. Proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL, AHL, news, notes, and much more. Fiala's in for Minnesota. Fiala cuts to the middle. Wade scores! Greenway in. Saved by Miska. Rebound. Erickson. They score! Jordan Greenway beats Miska. And poked away Kaprizov. In for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill the thrill. Now, here are your hosts. Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyak, and Justin Buck. Hello and welcome in to Sound the Foghorn, our second. Oh wow, our second episode of the week. Uh, we've got a lot to get to today. We've got a special guest joining us later on in the show. But first, let's check in with my friends, Zeke Boyat and Justin Baki. Zeke, how are you doing on this Thursday evening? Uh, doing very good. Just uh, been hanging out here today, just getting some stuff done. And, uh, you know, we're a wild win yesterday in the middle of the day, so that was nice. A couple games coming up Friday and Saturday. But, yeah, no, just happy to be here again. And, Justin, what about you, my friend? I'm doing good, just uh, dealing with my Monday, technically my Monday to my work week and, and the teething baby, but uh, overall everyone's happy and healthy, so just uh, doing good and ready to talk some hockey. Yeah, that's excellent to hear. A lot has happened regarding the Wild since we last uh, recorded, not talking about the trade deadline, so let's start with um, what was just sweet like just serotonin mm-hmm. and every good feeling you could have as the wild kicked the living shit out of the avalanche scoring eight times, allowing just three goals all in the second period. Uh, it was just an awesome game through and through. It made me just feel so good. Avs Twitter was quiet. Their announcers <laughs> were quiet. It was just, it was, we tweeted out the, the avalanche poop emoji picture. <laughs> Everything was just great. Yeah, it was a, uh... It was fantastic, and, uh, you know, the game started out great, but, you know, as usual, got a little nerve-wracking there in the second, uh, like the Wild always do, and the Avalanche got within 4-3, to three and uh, so, you know, it was a little nerve-wracking there because I'm like, oh, shit, we don't, we, we can't be blowing this lead to them because then they won't shut up, but, uh, no, they, like you said, they, uh, after that, they got the power play goal for on that nice little pass from Kevin Fiala in tight to a defender, and then they just kind of never looked back from there, so... Yeah, no, it, it was uh, it, it was very fun. Just like every time you beat the Avalanche is very fun, regardless of score. But that was even better. Yeah, that that was probably the funnest game of the year. Go four or five on the power play against the the, mm-hmm. the vaunted Avs and and yeah. have Which, I believe at the time it was the second best PK in the NHL. Yeah, I, I think my top five take wasn't so bad after all. It just a bad couple months. <laughs> we love some positive regression. So let let's quick take a break from the from the wild games here and, and let's talk about the power play because that's where it really seemed, you know, it really started to ignite. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I think I in the last twelve games or something, there's something crazy like like forty three percent on the power play. Yeah, the last seven games were best in the league with 11 for 24. Last 12 games were 14 for 35. Went from 31st in the NHL to 25th. So, pretty good stretch. So they had four against yeah. the Avs. Um, I believe was one of the – I don't know. Do they have any against St. Louis? Uh those think games? Maybe the Dumba goal might have been. I don't know. Yes, Dumba, I believe, yeah. That was a power play in the in the overtime loss. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they yeah. went three for three yesterday. I can't figure out how a unit that has Victor Rask and Nick Bonino continues to <laughs> score power play goals. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Perhaps that's just the magic of Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala finally starting to come through. And on this show, I think it was two weeks ago, we talked about the idea of regression and how 
you know, and I think we've talked about the power play too and how that, you know, when you watch it, it doesn't look like a bad power play. They're getting shots, they're getting chances. Stuff just wasn't going in, and now it just seems like they can't miss. I mean, we saw yesterday mm-hmm. Kirill Kaprizov takes it on the net, throws a pass, it hits a skate, comes right to the stick of Nick Bonino, who literally just has to, like, flip it over the pad. And, like, those were the bounces they just weren't getting, and we're just finally starting to see the bounces go away. We're seeing better puck movement. Marcus Johansson all of a sudden is an awesome power play asset on the second power play with two assists yesterday. Uh, I think he's. I think he had two against the Avs too, so he's really started to pick up his play as well. And they've got two units that are just absolutely crushing it right now. Yeah, yeah. Matt, uh, I was gonna say that. Sorry, Zeke, but that, no, that goal no. yesterday when they basically tic tac toed. I think it was Johansson and then uh, Zuccarillo. Just everything's clicking right now in the power play, and it's it's just awesome to see after being so bad, like historically mm-hmm. bad, in the first couple months of the year. Yeah, and I think uh, you bring up a good point there, uh, Justin, when, you know, the couple goals they scored uh, yesterday off the rush, too, that's something not only just an even strength on power play that they've been doing more is they're able to create a lot more offense off the rush because of some of the more skilled uh, players they have in their team. So I think that's really helped. And like overall, like Brett just said, they, they're moving the puck a lot better. Like I think an issue with the Wild and the power play was if you watch all the other teams, they move the puck quick. They got guys who they'll, they're moving around. They're not just standing stationary in one spot. And I think, uh, you know, I mean, they're still not obviously great. It is just a, probably just a bit of a hot streak. But at the same time, I think like you guys said they're moving the puck a lot better and just really just getting down to it is just getting pucks on net. Like even Brett mentioned with Kaprizov's pass of the day, just get the pucks around the net and, you know, good things are going to happen eventually. So I think that's probably been the biggest thing is just just get pucks to the net, even as cliche it is, as it is. It's That's part of the reason they've struggled, I think, before. Yeah, and I think, Zeke, this kind of builds off your idea of, you know, they've scored some off the rush. <clears throat> I think a big key to the success lately is they've they've been able to, one, they're starting to win those face-offs, which has been mm-hmm. huge. And then number two, they've started to have more successful zone entries. I You know, when that power play was struggling, it just seems like they would cross the blue line and then they would turn it over and the puck gets cleared and then they're going back 200 feet again to try to get into the zone. And it seems yeah. like they've really kind of put into the hands, I think, on the one unit it seemed like it's been Johansson, and the other it's been Fiala to kind of, or Kaprizov, just to kind of carry the puck in the zone and then set it up. They're not trying to force plays anymore right at the blue line. They're gaining the zone, then they're setting it up, which is, which is something they weren't doing earlier in the year. So it's just little improvements here and there. Like you said, getting pucks to the net, gaining the zone, and they're finally being rewarded. Obviously, we're not going to be at a 40% clip you know, the rest of the season, but... You know, the Wild have a good power play, and if they, you know, finish the year around, you know, somewhere between 20, 25%, I don't think that would that would surprise anybody the way the way they're playing. Right. Mm, and, I, you know, I think that's the, that's the main thing is they're not going to, with how bad they started, uh, they're not going to climb up, up that high in the ranks. But uh, it's just a good time for that uh, power play to get going in the last 15 games of the season heading into the playoffs because, you know, there's several games like early in the beginning of the year when, you know, they lost, you know, you could specifically blame it that they did not score on the power play. And there have been some games the last few weeks, including a couple weeks ago in Vegas when they scored it. I mean, it was a four on three, but still they were down two one about midway through third period and they scored that four on three goal and and just and have done that several other times where, you know, that's really kind of the that really needs to be gone for you to really have a chance, especially in the playoffs when the opportunities are less limited. So yeah, no, it's it's great to see, and it's a, it's a good time for that to get going as well. Yeah, and it's something we're going to have to take advantage of too because seven of our last 15 games or whatever against Vegas and St. Louis. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're getting chased. I mean, St. Louis is quite a ways behind us, but, you know, we're still kind of chasing Vegas and Blues are chasing us. So, I mean, those will just be big games for us to win. Yeah, and yesterday mm-hmm. was a huge day. Um, the Wild won, Vegas won, Colorado won, and then I think basically all the teams that were chasing us, so St. Louis – LA mm-hmm. and San Jose and of course the Wild played Arizona all four of those teams lost um, so it was a nice nice movement in the standings yeah. day as the Wild kind of just further built out that cushion and so looking like that three spot is is theirs to kind of keep it doesn't yeah. look like the fallout of it which which is good um, but what's mm-hmm. not good is when you go into St. Louis and you lose nine to one uh, this is a game I really uh, – it's the one game all year I didn't watch, so you guys, I guess, can blame me for not watching the game. <laughs> the one time I don't watch the Wild just get absolutely destroyed, um, partly due to some some poor play up front, but also um, it was a really tough night for, for Capo Kakadin. 
you know, I really thought it was because I was running the Twitter account too. I was like, well, this is my fault. <laughs> Might be a combination. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a like you said, it was a it was a brutal game to watch. But like you know, the funny thing is, is I'm one of those people that even when they're getting killed or when a team I'm watching is getting killed, I gotta watch because I can't look away. And even though it's so bad, and it was just. You know, I think Russo said this on his podcast yesterday, but, you know, if they, if now you don't want to blame the whole thing in a nine to one loss on the goal. Yes, he was terrible, not good, but the Wild just overall on their own end in that game were just, you know, they were not good. They were just throwing pucks up, up the middle. They were letting guys walk right down into the slot for, for a wide open chances. So that wasn't good. But even the first period, I feel like when they were down two nothing and Zach Parise got that goal to make it two to one, then they had a little bit of jump and actually did have a few chances in their offensive zone. I feel like, you know, that's a game, an example where if, if they get a save here on the next kind of shift when they made it 3-4-1, you know, it maybe could have actually not been a complete blowout. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a – it was a, and then after that, I mean, obviously just St. Louis just poured it on. Wild, obviously, you know, they knew the game was over and then didn't show much more than that. But, yeah, it, it was bad. You can't – no yeah. way to sugarcoat it. It was tough to watch, and I felt like – a whole lot of passengers were in that game and, and you know those mm-hmm. games are going to happen like you mentioned but uh you know uh we're past it and you know we had tough next game but you know ended up beating arizona but during that game uh i guess one light that we could shine on it is uh something we'll touch on later is is matthew baldy's debut i kind of turned the game off when it was six to one and turned the iowa game on and watched yeah. him so but yeah i mean those games are going to happen and it was our turn after kicking the crap out of the abs. <laughs> yeah, but the nice thing was is after a 9-1 to game, they had to go back-to-back against St. Louis, and they came out oh, yeah. Saturday night, put up a really good effort, had a 2-1 lead going into the third, and even though they didn't really like offensively press, I thought they played really strong defensively. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Hoffman basically cemented himself in St. Louis um, by tying a goal late and then scoring the game winner in overtime. Just a, 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 or excuse me, O'Reilly had the overtime winner, but Hoffman <laughs> just gets this lucky. Talbot makes a nice save on a point shot, hits his pad, bounces off Hoffman, and then goes in. It just that just sucks because the Wild yeah. were the better team that game. They did everything right. They boxed out the defender, didn't let him get a tip on it, let Talbot see the puck, and it just somehow bounces off him and in. And then with two seconds left in overtime, <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly goes top shelf short side on Talbot after like a wraparound. Just like. Mm-hmm. God damn it! Because they just played so good, yeah. it just felt like a game, like one of those games they just didn't deserve to lose. But unfortunately, they, they did. Right. And you know, I mean, at, on the bright side, you know, you never want to go with they at least got a point, and it's you know after the last game, at least they did get something out of that game for sure. But I mean, I think what Brett said, you said in the third period, you know, they they didn't really have any offensive chances. But as you mentioned, I felt like in their own end, they were kind of it was almost like what me and Justin have seen a lot with UMD the last few years, and that you know the other team would bring the puck in, uh, they you know they get it back and just dump it out or skate it out and get it back in the other end, and you know like Brett said, they did that the whole third period up until maybe the last minute minute and a half when they got stuck in their own end, and and then obviously like you said it was a fluke goal, and then obviously in over that was probably the worst Wild's worst overtime this year. Oh yeah, that was uh, brutal. D- d- yeah, they didn't definitely. have the puck at all, and I mean you know. Part of that's uh, there was an example of why Victor Rask should not be out in overtime, but uh, a couple turnovers. But yeah, it was that was awful overtime. To it was a bad ending. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't have much to add to that. It was just frustrating, and yeah, like I said, I don't. I don't know if we touched the puck the last three minutes or so of that overtime. It was just you saw it coming. Yeah, I'm not and... sure if they did. Nope. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. So. Well, and then the bizarre week continued. So after an 8-3 defeat over the Avs and a 9-1 loss to St. Louis, a fluky overtime loss to St. Louis, they're scheduled to you know take on St. Louis for the third time Monday. And obviously we had the events of Dante Wright unfold Sunday night, so they postponed the game due to curfew on Monday night. So that game is, is now going to be rescheduled for May 12th, um, a month later. So then they get, basically they get you know a nice three-day break and they come out against the Coyotes yesterday in a Wednesday afternoon matinee. And they come out and they play just an awesome game. Uh, I had, you know, was fortunate enough to be able to go to the game, um, which is an awesome experience to be there. I don't think they even had the 3,000 fans because it was so mm-hmm. short notice. But, yeah. I mean, from the opening puck drop, the Wild are playing with good pace. Obviously, the power play was great again. 
Um, but for the fourth consecutive game, and if you read Russo's Gamer, um, you read about this too, but for the fourth straight game, Zach Parisi played a really, really damn good game. I mean, like, w- watching it in person, I can kind of see everything develop. And he only played, I think, last night, it was like, uh, or yesterday afternoon, I think it was 11 and a half minutes. But every time he was on the ice, he was hustling into the zone. I think he drew a penalty, which led to a power play goal, and then he added a goal and an assist at even strength as well. Finished the game a plus two. I think he's now got like three goals and two assists in his last four games, and he's just, for a guy that's a career top six guy to be bumped to the fourth line and just to continue to put in the effort, it's just something you really like to see, and I think adding that speed with a guy like Nico Sturm and just kind of the the steady defense of Nick Bonino has made a really solid fourth line for the Wild of just kind of some, you can almost just call them kind of misfits as they, they don't fit anywhere else, mm-hmm. but they've just, you know, formed their own line and they've been, they've been really, really good. Right. Yeah. And it's good to see because, you know, he, he looked like a totally different player for most this year. And then he got that, that COVID break and that, that line was really good yesterday. What Parisi had two points, Benino had three, Sturm looked really good as always. And, it's this is you know we need our depth our fourth and third lines to to do what they do too because you know we don't have other than Caprice and Fiala those big star players big like centers for like a lot of these teams so we're gonna have to rely on everyone yeah and I think that's a key point that Justin made there but their Wilds fourth line it's it's different and their bottom six overall and that a lot of teams like you look on Vegas, they got a guy like Ryan Reeves or similar players down on their fourth line who, you know, pretty much do nothing besides punch and hit people in the head. And where the Wild got guys who can skate and, you know, maybe not the most skilled, but work hard and, and are good in their own end and can produce offense. And, you know, that, like you guys said, that line's done that. And I think key with Prezi is he just looks, you know, skating wise, he just looks like he's moving a lot better than he was. It looks like he's just, like we just said, he's more overall involved in the game and, you know, it's it's good. You know, it's hard for a guy like Brett said, who's a career top six, top line guy, to accept that. You know, he's being he's kind of not that anymore. Or, or even if he feels like he is, he, the team is kind of pushing him down another role. And it's just good to see him overall just kind of start to accept that role and uh, you know begin to excel there. Because you know, the the contract obviously you can't do anything about it. That's just going to be bad with seven and a half million. But even if he's playing on the fourth line and can just play like he did, like you guys mentioned, those last two games. Uh, that's a you know a very useful player to have down there. Definitely. Well, upcoming the Wild have a couple games against the Sharks and a couple games against the Coyotes, and then the LA Kings and the San Jose Sharks. So this is a stretch of games where they probably got to win. They got to probably take four of those, and then mm-hmm. they pretty much firmly cement themselves into the three mm-hmm. spot. Um, I I would say, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin, we, we kind of buried the lead here, did things in a little different order because my mind's just all over the place. But uh, Matt Boldy made his debut, and, and we had tons of other prospect news from, from the last week. So you see you had a lot, so I figured why not make it its own little segment today. So why don't you start off with the full prospect update, and then we'll talk about which um, you know the, the second impressive rookie debut by, by a top wild prospect this year. All right, sounds good. Yeah, uh, like you said, it's a pretty – pretty decent prospect update this this time around we got kind of a lot going on with seasons ending and you know player signing deals so i'll start off in the khl where svetlakov and his team have made the gagarin cup finals they'll face the winner of avangarden ak bars um he he only has four points in the playoffs but he's been consistently winning his draws which is good to see i'm not sure we'll ever see him over here in the states but you know still a player we pay attention to until we know uh, and then We'll move on to the college side. Nick Swaney signed his entry-level contract with the Wild. Uh, he, he signed a one-year ATO amateur tryout starting in 2021-22, but will report to Iowa for the remainder of the season. Uh, as we know, he you know brings some good pedigree, playing in three Frozen Fours, a couple of national titles, and a Hobie Baker nomination, so it's good to see him get a contract. And then... Philip Lindbergh is a national champion, which we all knew. Um, he finished the season 10-1-4 with a 1-2-6 goals against average, 9-46 save percentage, and five shutouts. He was named Hockey East Goaltender of the Month and Co-Player of the Month. So congrats to him. Um, regarding him and Henches, Garen is kind of waiting to see what they do regarding their senior years or signing to go pro. Um, Brad Bombardier, our Director of Player Development and 
Matt Hendricks, the assistant director of player development, are have been talking to him, just kind of letting him take their time, let Henches kind of lick his wounds and Lindbergh celebrate his championship. So hopefully we hear about that fairly soon. And then, as you mentioned, Boldy made his pro debut, had a couple points in his first game, scored a goal in the next game. We'll kind of touch on that in a few minutes, um, kind of what else he brought. But it was awesome to see him in Iowa. Um, Iowa is on a eight-game point streak now that we're talking about them. Uh, they're 6-0-2. And then Kalen Addison, Damian Drew, Connor Dewar, they're all having very strong seasons. So kind of these prospects that, you know, you'd like to see fill a third, fourth-line roles in the future possibly. I mean, Addison won't be that, but, you know, players like Drew and Dewar, Dewar are, you know, it's good to see out of them. And then the last thing is regarding the WHL. Uh, Damon Hunt is having a strong campaign with 14 points in 16 games, um, six goals, eight assists. And then Adam Beckman, he's starting to heat up. Uh, last year's MVP had a, a really slow start, but he has a goal in six straight games. He has 12 points in those six games and then six points in the last two games. So he's really, really starting to hit on all cylinders and, and do what he did last year. And uh, the last bit of news I have on the prospects is on Pavel Novak. Uh, he plays for Kelowna out of the WHL, but uh, he will not be joining the team because uh, they could not secure a visa for him due to the COVID-19 restrictions. So we'll, we'll see him next year in the WHL. Yeah, I, I missed that little piece about Novak, so that that's kind of sucks. But I assume he'll find a way, hopefully, to play some hockey in the Czech League or or just hopefully yeah. continues to work out and play well because I think you know, I think we identified him with on our show with Scott Wheeler as maybe kind of a, a sleeper of a player who could kind of be mm-hmm. a, a a late bloomer and be a really good depth piece for the Wild. But yeah, it was yeah, just definitely. just an awesome week as you mentioned for a lot of guys. But let let's talk about the big name. We'll start with Matt Boldy. You know, we got to witness a, a, a two point debut for Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy said, "Hey, I still exist," and despite getting eliminated from a uh, from the national tournament, I'm going to come into Iowa and I'm going to have a two point debut um, with, with a with a power play goal and then a and then uh, was that the I think it was the same game where he mm-hmm. made a pretty slick saucer pass to yeah. to Kalen Addison uh, yep. f- for a goal as well. So pretty fun debut and it seems like uh, despite being a forward and a D, it seems like uh, Bully and Addison already have some chemistry. Which uh, if that doesn't get you jacked up for the future, I don't know what does. Right, yeah, it was. I watched the after the Wild were getting spanked. I just was like, okay, this you know this happens, but I, I want to see Baldy, and he certainly did not look out of place. I mean, he looked like a machine on the power play again, like he did at BC and at the World Juniors, and developing chemistry with Addison, which you know we're looking into the future now. So you know, awesome stuff to see. Yeah, I think uh, it was in that same game he had the assist on. Uh, I believe it was on Addison's goal too, where it's kind of just a kind of half like saucer pass across the ice. that was really nice that you mentioned justin as those two have seemed to really mesh together even their their defenseman and forward but uh yeah no it's a uh, great to see uh, him do well in the ahl and i imagine like we've talked about uh many times before that if he keeps playing like he is now that he'd probably be a uh, help with in the nhl with wild here sooner rather than later so yeah no it's good to see great to see anything else to add here about matt Boley? Um, I guess the one more thing I have it's just that I thought was just interesting is um, Team USA, we saw Matt Boley in the power play being used as kind of in that bumper spot as the center, kind of mm-hmm. playing the middle of the ice behind the net. But in Iowa, they've had him on kind of the right face-off dot, taking one-timers. So, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I just think it just shows it's a guy that's going to be really versatile on your power play where you can play him either in that yeah. bumper spot where you've seen him be successful or you can put him on that right flank rip in one-timers because, as we've seen, He's got a real nice shot too, in addition to to really good playmaking ability. Oh yeah, he's uh, that that goal he scored on the power play was a nice rip, and makes you excited to see you know what they can put together in the future with like Addison and Kaprizov and Boldy and, and Fiala and whoever else you want to throw on there. But yeah, it's it makes you excited about the future. I know we did touch on this on a recent show whether or not we'd see Boldy, but. Having now seen him down in Iowa, seeming like that stage isn't too big for him, do you guys feel more confident, less confident, or kind of unchanged as to whether or not you think um, um, he'll play for the Wild this year, the, the Minnesota think, Wild? Personally, I'm unchanged because 
you know, hearing Bill Guerin talk, you, you hear him say, you know, we're not going to uh, rush him up there. And, you, you know, Matt, Matt Boldeal, kind of his play will decide when he comes up. And, you know, maybe we do see it because, you know, he's been excellent and maybe he plays his way up there. But I think just with getting everyone back healthy, getting, you know, Felino back, it might be a little bit more difficult this year. But, you know, we could certainly see it still. But I just think it's going to be difficult this season. Yeah, I think I agree with Justin, although I guess the only reason I still think it's fairly likely is that, you know, they did uh, sign him to burn off the first year of the contract this year. So I would think then that they'd want to, at least if he shows he's ready to get into the NHL. But as Justin said, uh, you know, the the opportunity there to play anywhere other than the fourth line, which you don't really want to throw a rookie onto, it it might not be there. But uh, And also another issue could be that simply they're just trying to save up the cap space to be even be able to call him up, even if they wanted to right now. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think he could handle it, but I mean, obviously it's just a question of whether they'll give him that chance sometime this season or not. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily imminent that we'll see him up here anytime soon, but I would guess if there's an injury situation where they have a choice between a a Luke Johnson or a Kyle Rau or a Matt Boldy, Mm -hmm. perhaps Matt Boldy maybe gets a look in the event of an injury. Obviously, Nick yeah. Bukestad could be yeah. back soon, too, and then you have already some speculation of who will come out of the lineup for him. We hope it's Victor Rask, but uh, <laughs> it seems like it'll, <laughs> it, it'll probably come down to either Victor Rask or Nico Sturm, and uh, if it's not Sturm, I would... Keep, come on, there, keep Sturm in there. Keep Sturm in there. Yeah, he's he's played on, well, and maybe you won't want to break up that fourth line, and Victor Rask hasn't really given you much to, to smile about. Um, he did have three mm-hmm. power play assists the other night, but... Who cares? <laughs> um, a squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's see. We got that. We talked about Parisi. So anything else to add here, guys, about either the wild, Iowa wild prospects before we move into to uh, what should be about a, about a half hour of, uh, I'll call it fun, uh, here on the show? No, I'm just happy that Beckman's heating up again. Just touch on it again. I, I just... You know, six points in the last two games and 12 in the last six is right on pace with last year. And to see him do that after the slow start is awesome. Yeah, and I think a, a big part of the slow start, too, is um, a big part of that team last year was Ty Smith, who's obviously graduated oh, yeah. and is now in yeah. um, New Jersey, too. So he's really kind right. of the guy there now where you know, it was him and Smith, even though Smith's on the blue line. it's He's kind of yeah. the guy there now, which is which is cool to, to, to be in that spot and to be the guy. It's just great for the development. Yeah, and it seems like they have a guy named Eli Zumak that's starting to fire on all cylinders too, and I think the two coincide with each other in ways. All right, well now we've got some time for some uh, for a little bit of fun here. So we've got another rendition here of uh, which wild player am I? We still got players of the week to come, and then a draft with a special guest. Um, so probably about a half hour here with a, a fun stuff. So we'll we'll start with which wild player am I? Zeke is our uh, trivia master today, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll go to him here and kind of give him uh, give him the reins to to see uh, who can win between Justin and I. Yeah, so uh, you know, same rules as we had the last week. Obviously, you know, five players, five clues. Uh, like we said, you know, every other time you get two guesses per player. Uh, just you know, hopefully I, I did a good job and didn't make this too hard or too vague. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. It should be fun. <laughs> okay, so. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to start off with the so for the first player, clue number one. This player was drafted 156th overall in 2000 by the Ottawa Senators. Clue number two. He is a, or he was a defenseman. Clue number three. He played with the Nashville Predators, the Minnesota Wild, the Boston Bruins, and the Colorado Avalanche in his NHL career. Bing. Yeah, Justin? Uh, Merrick Zidlitschke? Uh, no, it is not uh, Merrick Zidlitschke. That's what I was thinking, but I never recall yeah, him it's... playing for the Bruins. I'm like, no. Nope. It's not It's not a bad guess, though. Oh, dang. He's <laughs> on my last guess. Uh, Greg Zanin? Yeah, it is. It is Greg oh, Zanin, wow, actually. Nice. All right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, oh, I didn't think, uh, yeah, I didn't know if we were going to get that or not. 
And the, just quickly, the last two clues where they played for the Wild from 2009 to 2012, and he is the current head coach of the Stillwater Boys hockey team. So oh, that's I, what a – I didn't, I didn't know that little tidbit. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that either. Yeah, I saw that when I was researching the other day. So, okay, well, maybe it's go. good just – it's good Justin got it there then. So, well okay. Okay, so Justin's got one. So, player number two uh, was drafted 282nd overall in 2003 by the Chicago Blackhawks. And that's like an eighth or ninth round. Yeah, that was yeah, that doesn't was back even when exist they... anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. And clue number two, he played at the University of North Dakota from 2003 to 2007. Clue number three, he played with St. Louis, the St. Louis Blues, for the first 173 games of his career. Clue number four, he played with the Wild in the 2015-2016 season, recording seven points in 61 games played. Clue number five, he is very close friends with the Minnesota Wild forward and uh, former North Dakota teammate Zach Parise. Bing, Chris Justin? Porter. Yeah, that's right. I would not that's have got right. that one. <laughs> it was the friends with Parise thing that yeah. got me. Yeah, I think was... they were like best men in their weddings or something like that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's what I saw when I looked it up, so... Okay, now Justin's got the two nothing lead and can clinch it here with this next player. So that would not be a great performance by me here. I gotta, I gotta pick it up. <laughs> hey, you got, you got time still. Okay, you guys ready? Yep. Yep. Okay, so player number three, clue number one, was drafted third overall in the nineteen ninety eight draft by the Quebec Nordiques. Ding. Yeah. Is it Alexander Dag? No, it is not Alexander Dag. Good guess. Because I think it, yeah, it is a good guess, but I think he was like a, I think he was the first overall pick first? by like Ottawa. Yeah, but no, it was right around that time. So, okay, so clue number two: he won a Stanley Cup with Colorado in their first year in Denver in 1996. Clue number three was drafted by the Wild from the Carolina Hurricanes in the 2000 NHL expansion draft. Clue number four. He played one season with the Wild for in 2000-2001, in their first season, uh, playing 54 games, recording two goals, three assists for five points. That's terrible. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> And clue number five, this might reveal that last part a little bit. He is a defenseman. Anything? Third overall, 1988, Quebec. Anybody? <laughs> Maybe I got to get you. Let me see. Uh, what can I? I used to watch those Colorado teams, too, and I'm just drawing a blank. Okay. Um, let me see. Well, his first, he has the same first name, I believe, as a former uh, National Hockey League goaltender, too, that you might know. Who's last? Shit. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is bad. Uh, okay, this, the, the, the former National Hockey League's last name was, his name was Curtis Joseph. He has the same first name. I just, I don't know enough. I don't remember enough players from mm-hmm. that inaugural team. Okay. It's nobody's, nobody's yeah. got I, I'm trying to think, but it's not okay. coming to me. Okay, well, stumped us. Yeah, this uh, maybe uh, this was a little too far back, but uh, it was a uh, Curtis Lazician. Oh my God, Lazician! I think is how you say that. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe could have got a little better clues there, but yeah, no, that was that's definitely in my my wheelhouse because I'm older mm-hmm. than you guys, but oh, yeah. I, I just couldn't remember that. I didn't even remember that he was on the wild. I don't even recognize yeah, the name. Honestly. I could have guessed a hundred yeah. times. I never would have come to Curtis Lissard. Yeah, so. he was a, he was um, uh, yeah, he he played just part of the season with the Wild and was traded at the the trade deadline that year. So, man. Okay, well, and then we'll move on to uh, 
player number four in second, but I want to see if I got it. Okay, I, I wrote the wrong down. It was the 1988 draft, which was also the same oh, draft that Mike Madonna and Trevor Linden yeah. were ahead of him. So I can picture I, that picture. Yeah, I, I gave you <laughs> – I got a wrong clue there. So that's my well, That's why I was confused because I'm like, man, he was a, a, a first-round pick in 98, third overall, and he yeah, had like five stupid. points in 2000. Man, that was a bust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and then he played in the 96 <laughs> Stanley Cup with Colorado, but yeah. drafted in 98. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could get a complete brain fart in that one. So. It's all good. Okay. So, okay. Well, player number four, uh, clue number one was sorry, these first ones are a little vague, but he was drafted 265th overall in 2004 by the Phoenix Coyotes. Clue number two. He played three seasons of college hockey at the University of New Hampshire. Clue number three. Throughout his NHL career, he played for the Coyotes, Avalanche, Sharks, Ducks, Maple Leafs, Penguins, Capitals, and Wild. He made his rounds. Yeah, he did. He did. Clue number four. He was invited to Wild training camp on a professional tryout contract and then signed a one-year deal with Wild on opening day in 2017, October 4th. Yep. Daniel Winnick? Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Daniel Winnick. And then... Jewel Erickson X, first line mates. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it was like, no one... I remember everyone was like, no wonder he doesn't score. (laughs) Why isn't... Why is this guy doing anything? He's in line with Daniel Winnick. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was yeah no he, but he did i will just say the last clue was going to be that he, this might not have helped but he had 16 six goals 17 assists for 23 points in 81 games that season so uh he, he was decent but anyways That's okay not, so not, not bad for a for a pto no yeah no, yeah so yeah now justin has officially won this game yeah. uh with three out of the first four but we'll do the last one anyways so play number five Clue number one was drafted in the second round, 37th overall in 2012 by the Nashville Predators. Clue number two, the pick used to select him was originally traded by the Wild to San Jose in the Brent Burns trade. Clue number three. He played for the Predators, Oilers, Ducks, Wild, and Maple Leafs in his NHL career. Clue number four. He was traded to the Wild on January 16, 2019. And the final clue. He played in 22 games for the Wild that season, recording one goal and five assists for six points. Do you the clue or which teams he played for again? Yeah, he played for the Predators, who he's drafted by, then the Oilers, Ducks, Wild, and Maple Leafs. Not uh, Spurgeon's best friend, is it? No, it's not. No, it's I was, not I was thinking NS2, but he played for Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, um, well, let me see. Do you need another clue? Yeah. I, I okay. Do okay. This would be hard. So, it's recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, uh, he was Swedish. And... Surrender. He played. He was traded to the Wild on twenty on January 16, twenty nineteen, and he played twenty two games, recording one goal and five assists for six points. And is Swedish. This player was uh, not particularly highly thought of by Bruce Boudreau and the coaching staff. Hence, why he was traded to the Wild in the first place. Any ideas? Dang, it's not Marty Hansel, is it? No, it's not. That was a wait. What I forgot the teams you said you played for. I oh no, sorry. It's one. okay. Uh, again, just quickly: Predators, Oilers, Ducks, Wild, and Leafs. Oh, yeah, but definitely not Hamble then. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. 
I stumped you again. Um, shit, let me see what else can I say. Tank it away. Okay, he was traded for Justin Kluse. Bing, Pontus Aberg. Yes, that is Aberg. correct. Yep. That is correct. You are the Pontus. What can I think about that? I'm yeah, like, I don't know. Like how it, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Cause it was because he doesn't play anymore. That's what threw me off. No, much. Yeah, he was in the. He played like five games with Toronto last year, and now he's in the KHL. So, wow, but he was not dinker yeah. for me. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was he was kind of weird because he had like eleven goals the Ducks that year and was leading them in in goals. But he was oh, a right. he was you know I don't think the coaches on any of the teams he played for really liked him because I think he was one of those guys who was not great in his own end and all that stuff. All so. Right. But yeah, no, that that was yeah, that was some of these were kind of tough. It took till the end for you guys to get it. Yeah, I did a good job. But, but that was yeah, no, yeah, Justin, you got four out of five, so pretty good, pretty good. All pretty right, good shabby. Well, we got uh, now we got our players of the week, uh, Justin. Since you kicked my ass, uh, <laughs> you got to start us off here with uh, your amateur of the week. Uh, we already talked about him a little bit, but my amateur of the week is our 2019 third round pick, Adam Beckman, six goal or six points. Um, sorry, six points the last two games, twelve points the last six games, finding his groove again. So, yeah, that's my amateur of the week. Solid pick, Zeke. We can go to you next. Yeah, so, uh, you know, like Justin's, we already talked about him, but uh, my amateur of the week, I had to go with Matt Boldy, who, as uh, Justin said in his prospect update, had two goals and assists for three points in his first three games, and like we said, has been uh, great in his first few pro games. Yeah, hopefully it's a sign of good things to come. My mm -hmm. amateur of the week, I went deep into the barrel for this one. Um, it's kind of out <laughs> there. He was a 2019 second-round pick by the Ottawa Senators, played just one season in Minnesota in the NAHL for the Austin Bruins. Uh, it's goaltender Mad Sogard, um, who was recently mm -hmm. playing with the Medicine Hat Tigers in the WHL. Um, he recently signed his entry-level contract with the Ottawa Senators. Um, I picked him, too, because um, a good college buddy of mine uh, worked down for the Austin Bruins and actually knows Mad Sogard personally. So um, wanted to give Mads a little shout-out. It was just cool to see someone you... I don't really know him, but there's like a, a weird connection to him. And, you know, it's a really deep one with having just played one year in Minnesota um, in the NAHL for the Austin Bruins. So congrats to Matt Sogard. Um, I don't think he can be worse cool. than Matt Murray's been this year. So no. <laughs> Isn't he, Very cool. Isn't he like 6'7 or something? He's like yeah, he's gigantic. Um, according to yeah. his elite prospects, yeah, he's 6'7, 200 pounds. Sheesh. And he's 20 years Crap. old from Denmark. <laughs> So shout out um, Frederick. He's one. He's one of your guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's amateurs. So uh, last but not least, we got uh, pros of the week. Zeke, we'll kick it back to you. Yeah. So uh, for my pro of the week, I'm going to go with Casey Middlestead of the Buffalo Sabers, who you know has had a little bit of tough time in the last couple of years, obviously in Buffalo. With you know not only him not playing great, but the team hasn't been good at all, obviously. And you know this year he's he's been pretty good. Uh, he has. 27 he had six goals six assists through 27 games and more recently in the last week in the five games he had three goals and assists and he also uh scored a goal tonight uh, against the washington capitals on a nice kind of came in on the left side changed the angle on the goalie and sniped one over his glove hand side so it was a good goal and uh, good to see him kind of start to heat up on the, on the buffalo sabers and just uh maybe be another one of those young pieces that can hopefully help uh, drag that team out of the mess but yeah no he's he's been very good like the last week or two in buffalo yeah, and they're going to especially need him now. Of course, we talked about the dreadful Taylor Hall trade. Um, mm -hmm. It was also announced, I believe, yesterday, uh, Jack Eichel is having season-ending surgery yeah. done for the year. So I think uh, Middlestad will kind of be leaned on as perhaps the top center, one of the top two guys on that uh, Buffalo team. Of course, Eric Stahl gone too. So basically their top two centers to start the year are gone. And mm -hmm. So, yeah, cool to see him finally taking that step forward. I personally think he was just – he was rushed – um, mm -hmm. from out of high school into in the NHL, he needed probably. I think he should have done a, you know, a year of college and then a year in the AHL. But mm. I'm not a development coach or director <laughs> of player development, but that's what I would have done personally. But anyway, uh, Justin, we'll go to you for uh, your pro of the week. 
Um, I actually want to do some honorable mentions for the, sure. the amateur real quick, and then I'll hit my pro. Um, three Bulldogs from Minnesota signed their entry-level contracts. Cole Kepke from Hermantown signed with Tampa. Uh, Jackson Cates from Stillwater signed with Philly. And then, of course, Nick Swainy signed with Lakeville. So congrats to them. And then my pro of the week is Hermantown, Minnesota native, played for the Hawks, played for the Bulldogs, uh, Neil Pionk. He's uh, on Winnipeg Jets. He has three points in his last four games played, all assists. He also, I just checked, has two assists tonight in their 5-2 to two win over Toronto. Uh, 27 points, well, now 29 points in 44 games played this season for the Jets on their second deep pairing. So he's he's playing really well this season. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good pick there. Some good honorable mentions uh, as well. I've got Neil Pionk on my fantasy team, which – Nice. Lost last week yeah. by four points because my dumbass forgot to set my lineup on Sunday, <laughs> and I Oof. had Nathan McKinnon on my bench for like five points. Two Oof. starting goalies on my bench, both oh, with man. wins. Um, not that it mattered. I'm pretty sure I had the number one seed locked up either way, and I'm up a ton uh, this week over Kaprizov mm-hmm. Club. But uh, fantasy playoffs, <laughs> both for the listener league and the uh, and the podcast league, I, I believe start next week. So, um, how's the how's our uh, team squad looking? I think we were. Had a chance to get the one seed, maybe yes. Yeah, well, we uh, the, we end we won ten to three, but uh, we lost out on the one seed to the Soda Pod. So <sighs> Damn and then happened. we are currently uh, I can't remember who we were playing, but I think the playoffs started this week, oh, and so I think we're, we're down. Nice. Yeah, we were because we didn't win our division. We got the third seed some, for some reason, but I can't remember who we're down to. But we're currently down by eighteen, so <laughs> got to come back. But the playoffs are um, third, like two weeks, so it, we got time. We got time. time. All right, mm-hmm. and then I'll go last here um, with my pro of the week. It's a guy we talked about, so I won't beat a dead horse too much. It is Zach Parisi, as we touched on before. Just has come back, played very, very well, uh, scoring goals and and everything, and, and just embracing uh, that fourth-line role. Yeah. We're going to wrap up the show with the draft, and we now welcome to the show Skylar Swenson, Skyler, welcome to the show, and congrats on winning our <laughs> NCAA bracket challenge. Awesome! I appreciate being on. Thank you, guys. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Welcome. I, I did not expect to win at all. I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be technical, you got second. I, um, that's true. That's true. <laughs> because your trio of homers here with our joke bracket somehow <laughs> it worked out really well for you guys. It, it did. Sometimes it pays to be Homer. Except when uh, you want the team to win the championship. But Skylar, welcome to the show. Before we get into the draft, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I always like to know how people got into um, becoming a hockey fan, and I'm assuming in your case a Wild fan. So just give us a little background uh, on you here. Yeah. Uh, so I was. Uh, I'm from just north of Twin Cities. Um, I went to Andover, so they had a, they have a pretty good hockey program. So my cousins played hockey. You know, I always followed hockey. It wasn't really until like probably five years ago that I really got into like watching hockey and like the analytics part and kind of just really, really getting into it. But uh, I've always been a big sports fan, uh, pretty much anything Minnesota sports. So, so yeah, I'm just pain. Doing that stuff. exactly. Nice. <laughs> the love and the pain, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> someday it'll all pay off. All right, so we Everyone's all know I, I'm the I'm the big Nico Sturm fan. Justin and Zeke are, are as diehard Kaprizov fans as you get. Do you got a favorite wild player? Oh man. Uh, well, I have a Fiala jersey, so I'm gonna have to go with Fiala. Solid yeah. choice. Nice. It's a really good pick. A good All right, so Skyler, I'll let you introduce the topic because you got to pick it for winning. Um, I I like the topic you chose a lot. It's it's one that uh, makes for some good thought. Uh, what, what do you have for the draft for us today? So the idea I came up with was essentially drafting cities that you'd start an NHL franchise in, which I think is an interesting thing because I know a lot of cities probably. Maybe ones that should have teams don't, so it'd be kind of an interesting mm-hmm. topic. Yeah, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go four rounds total here. We'll do a snake draft. Um, I'll take the fourth pick since I lost <laughs> epically in our uh, in our uh, this week. Or uh, excuse me, this week. Our uh, which wild player am I? Skyler also gets the first pick. Zeke and Justin. I don't know how you guys if, if you want to fight for the number two and three, <laughs> um, or if one of you. Hey, just... Zeke. You can take the number two, Zeke. I'll go three. Okay. And then we'll do it snake style. So Skyler will go first, then Zeke, then Justin, then me, and then and then we'll go in reverse order. So 
Skylar, you kick us off. You got to pick the topic. Uh, which city are you going to, uh, if you were to expand the franchise, where, where are you headed? All right. Well, uh, this is a bit of a homer pick, but uh, it's hard not to pick the state of hockey. So I'm going to go for Minneapolis-St. Paul to start as my first city. Putting another team in Minnesota. Bold move. Are we going with cities that don't have franchises or just wherever? We're just like – the way I envisioned it was like you restart and you okay. draft cities. Okay, that works. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. so uh, Zeke, I think we decided you were next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, for me, you know, this is maybe a bit of a bold take too, but I would go back and put a team down at, at, in Atlanta again because Ooh, okay. I, mm. I believe – you know, now, yeah, you might go. The previous two teams obviously got moved and all that, and were kind of massive failures. But I believe that a lot of that was, from what I've read, due to just horrible ownership who never really particularly cared about the actual hockey team. And I think if, you know, if if they would have just, you know, had good owners who cared about the team and you know just tried to hire the right people to make it good, I think that could have worked because we've seen what teams in Nashville and in Tampa and Florida and and in Vegas and Arizona and all that have mostly for the most part been done fairly well so i would uh, personally even though it's it's probably never gonna happen i would give atlanta a third shot at the nhl all right so yeah, if, you, like if you're putting a team back there are you going to bring them back as a thrasher of the flames or you're going <laughs> a full fresh start uh i personally would go back as the thrashers because i go. personally love oh, that yeah. those jerseys with the blue i think they look great so, Oof, so good mm-hmm. and i wanted to point something out which i don't know if it's true or not but it makes sense um, if you're listening to the pod and you're able, take out your phone and just look up both the Thrashers logo, like they're kind of their T bird logo, and the Winnipeg mm-hmm. Jets logo. And there, there was a, there's a rumor that the Jets logo pays homage to the Thrashers, and their jet is basically just like the flipped version of the Thrashers T. So <laughs> there's some there's some fun trivia for you. So go, go look that up. Cool. Uh, Justin, uh, you have the third pick. Where where are you headed? I'm going to bring a team back to Quebec, a, a, a fan base that That's got ripped of a team. For. Yeah, they got ripped of a team <laughs> that went on to win the cup the next year. And we kind of feel that pain here because we had the rips, uh, North Stars ripped from us. So I, I think they're deserving of a franchise. So I'm going Quebec. Good pick. Bring back the Nordiques. Yep. That's one of the ones I expected to go one or two, but got to Justin mm. at three. Um, for my first of two picks, I'm going to go to a city where I think we could see an NHL team within the next five years, and that's going to be Houston, Texas, um, former home of the Houston Arrows. Um, there's rumors that the Coyotes, if they ever move, that's where they could end up. It's, I believe, the third biggest sports market in the country outside of L.A. and New York. They already have the Astros, the Rockets and the Texans, so they have three of the four major sports teams, so we know they can support another team. So I will go there with my first, and then with my second, um, kind of building off Skyler putting a a second team in a big hockey market, I'm going to go with Hamilton, Ontario, which is basically just outside of Toronto. I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, So I'm going to go Houston and Hamilton going with the H's um, because I think the hockey mecca of Toronto would be easily, easily support a second team in who knows, maybe it could help um, end some of the pain that Maple Leafs fans face. And, <laughs> oh, man, could you imagine if they brought a cup there first? Oh, man, well, that would yeah. Yeah. not be good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Make for a hell of a story. All right, Justin, we'll go back to you here with your, your second uh, city or, or state, whatever you want to call it. So I think that I'm kind of deciding between nostalgic and, and big city like decision here. Um. I'm going to go nostalgic. I'm going to take another team back to Hartford. Yep. We're going to bring mm-hmm. back the Whalers. Bring back the Whalers. All right. Yeah, we're going to Hartford. I like it. Zeke, where do you? Yeah, so I think for me, this is kind of a new city again, but I'm going to go with uh, Kansas City uh, to, for my mm-hmm. next team because I think, you know, I think they've had some – they have an arena down there already uh, that's NHL-sized and can support hockey. I think the Wild have played preseason games there a couple times against the Blues. And, you know, I've just read recently, including, you know, this fall on some of Elliot Friedman stuff, that that's a place that they've uh, maybe considered because of the, you know, the um, uh, the, the NHL-ready arena there. And uh, I guess I haven't done too much research on it, but I think it would be an interesting place to have a hockey team there. Going retro so, again, um, I got- the, the scouts. 
Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I was say you're gonna bring back the scouts. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back to the top, um, Skyler. You get uh, you get two cities or states. Get two. All right. Um, I think with my first pick, I'm gonna go with a city that is very new, but obviously has really good hockey culture, and that's Vegas. Um, I just think like it's obviously the, like the electricity in that building is amazing. I think it just it's perfect for hockey. Um, and then for my second, also kind of a horror pick, just because it's my second favorite team, but it's also just a historically big hockey town. And I'm gonna go with Toronto. So those are my two picks. All right, so we got Toronto and Vegas uh, there for Skyler at the top. So Zeke, we come back to you for your third. Mm-hmm. Well, so this is a bit more difficult, but I think uh, I found a place uh, I'm gonna go with out in Portland, Oregon. Because I've, I've done some research, and I think they, there's a basketball team there. So there is an arena. Yep, the Trailblazers. Uh, yeah, so they have that. And they also, I know there's a some hockey presence up there. They, they have the Portland Winterhawks and the WHL play there. So uh, just l- looking through some lists early and some maps, I, I kind of saw that as a place that has some hockey history, you know, has an arena, could be a potential uh, new place uh, out west uh, to just have a team. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Portland. Every time I do – like created teams in NHL. I always put a team in Portland and call them the Lumberjacks. <laughs> it's like one of my just default easy ones to do mm-hmm. every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Justin, you to your third. All right, I'm going to bring a team that would probably end up being probably uh, one of our rivals. Don't dare. Yeah, I'm going to bring a team to Wisconsin. Damn it. I'm going to I'm gonna bring them to Milwaukee. I hate Wisconsin, so I'm going to be able to hate pick. on this team too. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think they they uh, you know they got the Bucks and they they got the Packers and the Brewers and of course I don't like the Packers but you know I think they'd be able to support a, a hockey franchise in Wisconsin. All right, well Justin took my picks, so now I got to pivot. Just <laughs> um, hmm. go for two in Wisconsin. <laughs> Madison, yeah. yeah Madison, I just think Milwaukee just makes a lot of sense. I think because it's pretty in between, like the Twin Cities and Chicago. Yeah. Pull in there. Let's see. Hmm. All right. Let's go something a little different here. So. Um, sticking with Zeke's theme of, of more teams in the Pacific Northwest, I think it'd be really cool to get um, a rival for Vancouver and and maybe a little shout-out to Isha Jerome here uh, from the Soda Pub. I'm going to put a team um, in Victoria, um, a, a, a very close rival city of, of Vancouver. Um, it's just kind of a rival for them and, you know, Seattle as, a, as another potential location. Can never go wrong with a, a, a mid-sized city uh, in Canada for, for another team. All right, and then... I need another one here. Hmm. That Milwaukee pick by Justin really, yeah. really threw yeah, it out. All right, I got my last one. I think this will be a good one. So we just saw in a really legit outdoor game out here. Um, I'm going to go with Salt Lake City as my last pick uh, out in Utah. So another team out west. Um, only one other pro team out there, the Utah Jazz. So it would be cool to bring a second professional sport uh, sports team to a, uh, to, to a state like Utah. So uh, that rounds up my four. So I have Houston, Texas, Hamilton, Ontario, uh, Victoria, British Columbia, and Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, Justin, your final pick to round out your team. All right. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice here. Um, I think that I'm going to bring another rival for the Washington Capitals, that area. And then I'm going to bring a team to Baltimore. Okay. I like that pick. I think it'd be fun to have, have another rival team for like Pittsburgh and, and Washington and all that. So that rounds out your team. You have Quebec city, Hartford, Milwaukee, and Baltimore. Zeke, we go to you next. You have Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Wow. Atlanta, Kansas City, and Portland, uh, Oregon. Who was your fourth? Yeah, so I'm – this is kind of a couple choices, but I'm going to go back out to California for my other team, and I'm going to go uh, for San Diego. 
which, you know, after some research is, you know, the eighth most populous city in the U.S. Uh, they have a minor league team there. There's been, you know, s- some kind of interest in the past. And, uh, and from what I've read there, uh, you know, this is not to do with the NHL, but they are supposedly building a new uh, sports arena. But yeah, no, I'm going to go with uh, San Diego for my, my next team. I've also heard it's like one of the best places, like weather-wise, in the country. Like it's basically mm-hmm. always like sunny, well, yeah. and sunny. Yeah, oh yeah. My dad goes there for work sometime. He said it's just awesome. All right, Skyler, mm-hmm. we're back to you. You get to round out the draft with your fourth and final pick. You have the Twin Cities, oh. Vegas, and Toronto as your first three. Oh man, I had San Diego on my radar, so I got to pivot as well. <laughs> uh, you know, I think. Hmm. I'm thinking we got to bring our Canadian team in here. So, hmm. I think I'm just going to go with Vancouver. I think it's just, it's a classic hockey market. And also it's, it's next to all the other, you know, you got Portland, Victoria. It's all over there. Might as well just keep adding teams there. Hey, we're, we're halfway there. We got 16 of 32 new places somewhat for, for a new league. So NHL, if you're, if there's a league looking to start up to compete with the NHL, yeah. let us know. We got, we got 16 cities covered for you. <laughs> you guys right, so, have any other on your list that did you guys make a list of other areas that uh, the last one I have is of... um, Halifax, Nova Honor. Scotia. Yeah. Halifax, yeah. Yep. Otherwise I think for the most part, you guys took all my other ones. So. Yeah. I had uh, Saskatoon on the list, uh, Regina, mm-hmm. Indianapolis, uh, Thunder Bay, and Oklahoma City. Just add a bunch mm-hmm. of Oh, yeah. There's something. I thought about maybe adding another Florida team, like an Orlando maybe, something like that. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, they have a pretty populous area. Yeah, they exactly. have that Disney, Disneyland or Disney World right there too, so. Yeah. Yep. Their ECHL Solar Bears to me is still one like the coolest hockey team. Oh yeah, so <laughs> awesome. I think Solar so Bears awesome. is such a sick name. And then I think they have another one that's like the Everblades. I'm like those are two of the sweetest names. The, the Everblades logo looks—it's like an alligator in a skate. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet. The, the ECHL has some really cool logos and stuff. I would say if there's one more place, I could maybe bring one, um, maybe a second team to Ohio, either Cleveland or Cincinnati. But the Blue Jackets seem to be struggling, so maybe that's not the best place. They can barely hold one. Who knows if they could do two? <laughs> oh, interesting. I'm just looking at like one of them and one like a list of like potential places, and someone listed Mexico City. Must be something else. <laughs> interesting. Start really expanding. Yeah, well, they really went out there. Now we got through Moscow w- in there. Mm-hmm. Just travel to Russia say- for a road trip. Why not? I will say I, I did the. I've seen questions and articles before about uh, whether they ever expand over to Europe and like have like four or five teams there, or whatever. If they ever get to around forty, so which I think might be interesting, but I mean, obviously that's logistically complicated. Yeah, the NFL actually, I think they explored to me about having a team in London. Or at least it's been talked about. Mm-hmm. It just seems like such a tough thing to implement in any sports mm-hmm. league. Yeah, I yeah. think that it's come down to like the, the cost effectiveness of. Like, cause you have to deal with like different taxes and player unions. Like they would basically have to set up like an entire second headquarters in whatever mm-hmm. country or mm-hmm. area that they were in. And it's like, it literally, it, they said it basically it's the cost. And then to fly teams over there and stuff too, would just be absolutely ridiculous. And they all said it might be really hard from a player standpoint to be like, Hey, you're gonna be the one team located in, you know, across the ocean. Yeah. So I think I think they have to remain content with just a couple preseason games here and there. I think so. <laughs> All right. So to recap one more time here, um, if we we're gonna call this, if we started a new NHL, um, our top areas to put a team in. Uh, Skyler goes with the Twin Cities, Vegas, Toronto, and Vancouver. Zeke goes with Atlanta, Kansas City, Portland, Oregon, San Diego, and then Justin goes Quebec City, Hartford, Milwaukee and Baltimore, and then I have Houston, Hamilton, Ontario, Victoria, BC, and Salt Lake City. And that'll do it. Skyler, thanks nice. a bunch. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Congrats it. again on, uh, yeah, thank you. on winning, and uh, we'll have, why not? We'll have you sign off with us, so uh, why don't you tell everyone uh, where they can find you on Twitter? Uh, let's see here. My uh, tag on Twitter, man, I, I should really have this uh, memorized, shouldn't I? <laughs> 
I just add Swenson Sky. You can pretty much find me. Find me anywhere if you just type in my name. Well, I'm tagged on the show too, media. so no problems there. Yeah, uh, Justin, so. what about uh, you and your work? You can find me at DEs2004. You can find me at Kaprizov C at the Kaprizov Countdown, and you can find me at M&W Prospects with Wild Prospects and Young Players. And Zeke, what about you? Yeah, as, uh, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at uh, ZBWildNation underscore HW, and then you can find all my written work and that kind of stuff at HockeyWilderness.com. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh92. Be sure you're following the podcast accounts as well, both on Twitter and Instagram at Sound the Foghorn. All one word. I'll have some games against the bottom of the division coming up the next week or so with the Sharks, Kings, Coyotes. So we're hoping for uh, hoping for some wins to build up before we jump on with you next week. But until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Foghorn.